2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
3: Fiction,
1: science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT thriller. You have
2: now entered the house. Of mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver,
4: and Al Warren Third on K. FM
2: Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside.
4: And 1050
5: AM Palm Springs. And we're back. And joining us now, Amanda DeWarn. And all the way from (laughs) Brisbane. Sunshine
4: the, Coast, actually.
5: <laughs> oh, well, you know. <laughs> it's all, it's
4: Doesn't matter.
5: <laughs> it's all bad accent for me anyway.
4: Right? So, <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, especially ours. <laughs> yeah.
5: well, you know how it is. So I, I give it a try anyway. <laughs> well, you sound like you're doing great today. It's this afternoon for you. It's evening for us.
4: Yes, it's um, coming on to... It's a beautiful day here on the Sunshine Coast. And... Uh, Yes, yeah, um, we've had a few storms lately, but that's nothing unusual for the sunny coast. but it, it uh, is a beautiful day here.
5: Yeah. Well, you're a day ahead of us, so... Uh,
4: <laughs> well, hopefully your tomorrow will be like our today.
5: I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> By the sounds of it, yeah. Um, so now, for the listeners over on this side that uh, don't, don't know who you are, which um, I like to follow people in this, this kind of work, so... Um,
4: mm-hmm.
5: Um, tell tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do over there.
4: Um, I'm Australia's leading animal communicator. I communicate with animals living and I communicate with animals that are past. And I also have a service for sick pets. I can body talk into the sick pets and they can tell me what's going on with them. Um, for instance, a cat the other day, um, I picked up straight away that the cat had tumors in the chest and they were going into the throat area. So I had a, con- and I was correct, and I had a conversation, the cat had the conversation through me with her mummy. She said she'd been with her mummy for 16 years and uh, she had been found as a kitten. So I mean, this information I don't know any of. Um, I also have a column in the leading Australian woman's magazine, which is Woman's Day. I have a column called, called The Pet Whisperer. Uh, which I uh, contribute to every week. They've asked me two years ago to uh, become a contributor or a columnist in their magazine, and uh, yeah, they they um, absolutely love my columns every week. So yeah, if you I mean, if you log on to Woman's Day Australia, then you'll see my column every week.
3: Wow.
5: Now, now on the animals. Uh, now you communicate with ones that are alive as well as ones that have passed. Yes. Is the, is there a difference? In the communication when you get when
4: it? I communicate with the ones that have passed over they come from a different realm um, I, I can see that they're no longer in body that they're just coming through in spirit okay. so I know that they don't have a heartbeat and they're usually with someone that, that has passed over a family member or someone that's with the um, that knows that the dog knows Sometimes they don't specifically know that person when they were here, but they see them around, like, like say, a father figure that's been gone for 15 years. They don't specifically know that person physically, but they know them when they come to visit the family. So it's like, oh, you know, Pop, he passed away 15 years ago, comes to visit all the time. I know who Pop is, so that's that's generally... There's always someone, excuse me, that meets them when they pass over.
3: Wow. So... Um,
5: now, is it, so is it quite different for their passing as it is for a human?
4: No, we, um, their, their passing is, um, depending on how their passing is, whether it's um, if we've had to make the decision to say goodbye to them, they're never, ever, ever angry at us or upset at us because they know that we've only tried to end their suffering and not their life. So they understand that we didn't want to see them suffer so we had to make that very, very painful decision to let them go. But they always come back. It's all right, mummy. It's all right, Daddy. I know you had to make that decision. I was in pain. I was suffering. There was too much going on. Um, and they always come back with absolute love for us. I've never seen an animal come through, even if the owner was the reason why they passed, Say an owners accidentally run over their pet, or which has happened in the past. The animal still comes through and goes, Mommy, it wasn't your fault. I know you wouldn't have done this intentionally. So they never come through with anger uh, for us Uh, because their love for us is priceless and endless. They never stop loving us even though they've passed over. They've physically gone, but spiritually they are still very much a part of our lives.
3: Wow. So
5: can people, um, like, you know... um like a lot of the mediums for, for humans, when they pass, say that uh, you can talk to your loved ones and you can they, they give you messages and signals. Is it the same for the pets? Like, do they leave oh, things for you? Or
4: Absolutely, definitely. Um, I do all my readings over the phone, or I have clients all over the world. And uh, when I communicate with the animals that have passed, um, generally a lot of people come back and say, oh, I felt kitty around or I felt my dog around or I saw them out the corner of my eye and uh, one day I was doing a reading for a lady and she was sitting um, uh, across from me on a table. All of a sudden, I saw this black cat, the apparition of the black cat, walk to the left of us, past the table, under my chair and back out the other side and I looked at the lady and she looked at me and she said, you just saw that, didn't you? And I went, was that a cat called Sooty? She said, oh my gosh, it was my cat when I was a child and we saw the cat's apparition. It's actually in my book. I wrote about, you know, quite bizarre experiences when I was learning to become an animal communicator and medium. I mean, you're always learning, but when I was getting to that point, point, um, and uh, yeah, we actually saw the apparition and my dog since passed, she passed three weeks after my father passed and uh, i can the other day i was sitting on the sofa and my other big dog was with me he's still alive and i i saw a a apparition of her as she always did she came to the left and she sat down in front of my feet Mm. so they do and you hear them you sense them you feel them you smell them you just know that they're there they still always want to be a part of our lives and sometimes they'll come through and say oh mum, you've changed the bedroom around oh mum, you've got a new pet oh mum, you know dad's got a new job or something they just know things yeah it's just amazing what they know that you know people many years ago they used to say that you know dogs and animals were the dumb creatures well um it's actually the opposite way i think that we are the dumb animals and they are the smart ones
3: oh yeah yeah. Well,
5: you know, and they, they communicate so well without talking. They do. It's
4: amazing. They do. Yeah. Um, they. I, I did a reading for a zoo animal the other day. Um, a zoo, I, I'm not allowed to say on the radio <laughs> who it was, but a zoo rang me and um, they said, we cannot get our elephant to eat. What is the problem? And I said, for a start... You're feeding it at the wrong time. It doesn't want to be fed in the morning. It wants to be fed in the afternoon. And when you're feeding it in the morning, don't um, oh, in the afternoon, don't um, don't let anyone see it. It doesn't want people watching it when it's eating its food. It prefers to be alone. So that afternoon, they took the elephant behind the scenes, closed the door, left the elephant alone um, to its own devices, and the elephant started eating.
5: <laughs> just crazy. I
4: know, but it's an absolute true story.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, I just it's amazing. I just I just think a lot of people don't realise that animals are quite sensitive.
4: Oh, definitely. I mean I'm 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 the number one animal communicator in Australia and um and I've been doing this for a very long time. So I understand the concept of animals and the connection we have with our animals to um, to their loved ones, you know, they desperately want to get through. Even if I'm just doing a medium reading, um, normal, you know, person that's passed over, a lot of times animals will come through.
5: Wow. Yeah, so are they, are they looking to communicate with, the, with their owners? You
4: think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other day I did a reading for a lady who was in her 90s, and uh, she um, wanted to communicate with a cat for a specific reason, and her cat that had just passed over. And I felt this cat had been back before. And I said to her, "Has this cat come back three different times?" "Is that what you felt?" And she said, "Oh goodness gracious!" She said, "Yes, that's what I wanted to tell. I wanted you to tell me." So they know what we're wanting to ask them: who they're with, are they okay? This cat had—it was the same soul. But it had been reincarnating into three different cats that this lady had had during her lifetime.
5: Wow. So, yeah, so, so, so the pets are re- reincarnating as
3: well.
4: They did this time. Not always. It doesn't no. always happen, but um, they do sometimes come back because they want to live another life with us because they, they still want to be a part of they're, they're still Our animals are very connected to us uh, through spirit and uh, through our soul connection with them. And, and animals are incredibly intelligent. They're also very brave and, and they just, they know when we're feeling sad or when we're, when we're feeling happy, you know, they, they understand. They, they try and like, um, when my dad passed um, and then I lost my husband two years ago in a truck accident and, uh, you know, both my, my dogs were just incredibly there for me the whole time because they knew what I was going through. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've I've got a big 57-kilo Mastiff Cross Great Dane. Wow. <laughs> it's
5: a big boy. <laughs> wow. No, I I, I know because, I um, you know, we rescue uh, dogs myself. I've got three acres, and I always take on uh, the older ones from Woofer Rescue down oh, here.
4: Oh, bless you, darling. Thank you so much for that from the bottom of my heart.
5: Well, I mean, I... It, I,
4: it just... <laughs> You are just one of the most wonderful people that do this type of thing, and I am so grateful that you and others like yourself have been put on this planet to give these guys a second chance. It's it's incredibly important.
5: Well, I think it's amazing because I... Um um, I take the older ones, so they're always a few years plus, and they get yeah. abandoned or whatever, and nobody ever wants them, and so I always yeah. have them. But you know what? They're amazing, and and you just I get a know. connection with them as soon as you as soon as you meet them. It's almost like um, they're just family. You just know it, and they just become part of the pack. And there's just it's just like they they're family from passed on. You know, it's just it's the strangest did you, feeling. Did you
4: have a larger dog that's passed over? That was yours.
5: Um, uh, well, uh, medium-sized, I'd say.
4: Medium-sized. Did you... A female, was it?
5: Yes, actually, yeah, a female, yeah.
4: Did you have her for quite a long time? Yeah, per- one
5: of yeah, the longest... Yeah, you had her for
4: a number of years. Oh, because, yeah, yeah. yeah she you said she was your specific dog for, what, 14 years or something, was it? Um,
5: you know, I don't even know the di- uh, how long exactly. She just she was a rescue, um, yes. a shouty girl, and... Um, she stayed until she passed, and that was. Yes, she it's been, did. It was a long time. I mean, it was
4: a very long time, and that's the one that I've got coming through that is specifically wanting to connect to you. Yeah, yeah. And she's a very gentle dog, and I felt she'd had a very, very tough, tough beginning.
3: Oh, yeah, oh,
4: yeah. Really tough. I mean, I never assume because the dog is a rescue that it's always had a ba- bad time, but I feel absolute abuse around her.
3: Oh, yeah, she was...
4: And that's what she's showing me. She said complete and utter abuse. And what's she about three, four, when she came to you, or a little bit older? I, yeah, I'd say probably
5: in the, in the four area.
4: Because I'm sort of seeing three, maybe a little bit older, and um, you just, I feel like you just kind of ended up with her.
3: Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> you weren't planning
4: on getting her. Probably, you know, that's a general case with you. But she's so gentle. Oh yeah, And very. I feel like she still helps you these days. She's been gone a few years now, has she?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's been. Yeah, because
4: I feel like it's probably, what, 10 or 11 years since she's passed?
5: N- not quite, but um, probably about, s- oh, God, you know, maybe it is, because, yeah, it's pretty close to that, maybe eight. It's
4: probably closer, because I feel like quite a number of years since she's passed over. Yeah. And she wanted to thank you for giving her a wonderful life all those years um, and loving her. she was incredibly intelligent. Yeah, and yeah. I feel she was a very special girl to you.
3: Yeah, she was. Yeah, she
4: was. I know you've got a lot that you've rescued, but this one particular one really wants you to come through. What was her name? Was it like Lani or something, or Millie or something?
3: Um,
5: uh, Madeline.
4: Madeline. I knew it was the M L. Yeah. I nearly had it.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's it's all. Yeah, yeah. It was I don't
4: know anything about you, Al. I know nothing. Yeah. But I know it's her that's coming through.
5: Yeah, she was a beautiful dog. She
4: was really important and really special. Did she have a funny leg?
5: Well, no. Well, you know, she, she, she was um, treated really weird because uh, she had been debarked twice and um, she went through quite a. She didn't know how to be a dog. Her teeth were all rotting. Um,
4: I know she was badly neglected. I've got uh, one that's dragging, a little of one that's dragging its leg. Oh. So I feel that was another one that you had.
5: Oh, yeah. that's You see that scooter down? That was a, a small chihuahua. That was That was one. a
4: little one. That's the little one I've got yeah. who's got the bad leg.
5: Yeah, yeah. And, that's and,
4: him. He's passed, hasn't he?
5: Yeah, he's hit by a car.
4: Yeah, he's coming through with the shell teeth.
3: Okay, yeah. That's
4: <laughs> you've got to knock sorry, I had to launch into it, Al, just because they were bothering me and wanted to come through. Oh, no,
3: that's fine.
4: So and you had Scooter for quite a long time too. Not quite as long as Madeline.
5: Not as long as Madeline, but quite a no, while. Yeah. But
4: he was with you for quite a long time and oh, yeah. he was such a cheeky, very friendly, loving fellow.
5: Yes, yes, yeah.
4: Very gentle, and he didn't have as bad a life as Madeline. But I felt nope. that there was a lot of emotional neglect around him.
5: Yeah, I think so. It's he always it's always hard to tell. He
4: was, he was a know. bit nervous, was he? Yeah, a little
5: bit. But um,
4: he said, "I was a bit nervous. I was a little bit timid." Um, but you helped. Is it your wife as well that helped him through this?
5: Actually, yeah, a well, partner, like he's yeah, him. yeah. Your
4: partner, because he says they talk about their mummy.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. And um, yeah, those two really wanted to come through. Al. Well. I just I needed to bring them through for you.
3: Well, that's that's
5: that's great, lovely. That's,
4: just sort of gives you a little bit of an idea of what I do.
5: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So, when did this start for you? Like, when did it start happening? Um,
4: it really started to come to fruition when I worked with Steve Irwin for two years.
5: Oh, lovely man! Yeah.
4: Um, yeah, he still bothers me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of work to do, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I worked with Steve and Terry Owen for two years, but I knew I had it before then. Um, and uh, Steve, working with Steve and Terry really brought out um, a, a deep compassion. I mean, I've always loved animals. Obviously, my mother taught me a pharaoh to ride horses. Um, my mother was very much a horsewoman, my dad was a dog person, and I've always had animals around me, but working with Steve and Terry uh, brought to a, a very deep compassion and a deep understanding of all animals, not just domestic, but wild animals. Wow. And Terry used to say to me, you have something with animals, they never want to hurt you, they just want to be near you. And uh, it still happens to this day. I was doing a TV interview uh, a few months ago on this dog that was actually at the studios, uh, which is underneath someone's house. He'd never gone near anybody. He was terrified of everybody, yet he walked towards me. This is on film, mind you. He stepped up onto the sofa and put his head on my lap. And nice. just the, the camera crew, everybody could not believe what was saying what was happening at that time. I said, just leave him, just leave him, he's happy there. Yeah. they're like, Oh my gosh, I don't believe he just did that
5: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but that must be really that must really um give you a certain amount of fulfillment, hey? Um...
4: Uh it does. And I did back. That's the thing, Al. If um if there is um I do a lot of um free work for people that foster animals that Want to know a little bit about them? They want to know about the animals' past and uh, and things like that. They really want to know. And I just, I, I will, even though I booked up for months in advance, I will put foster carer in, foster carers in, to communicate with their pets just to give them a better understanding. And it's a free service.
5: Wow, that's fantastic. You know, because it's
4: well, you give back because you want the animals to be, you want the dogs or the cats or something to be able to. Um, speak and, and give them a voice and say with the with the foster parents what's happened in their past, you know, what they're looking for in a new owner. It really does help the, the new, like the foster carers to understand what's been happening with this pet or, or, you know, which what sort of home they want or are they in pain or something like that.
5: Yeah, because you, you just don't know. Um, you don't know what kind of past they've had. And uh, until you get them, you're not sure how it's going to be, right? So um,
4: They could be hiding some very, um, you know, frightening traits. Yeah. Um, my big boy is actually a rescue, my 57-kilo master of Cross Great Dane. Um, he is, he's actually rescued rescue himself. I wasn't planning on getting him. (laughs) And that was four years ago, and I've still got him. And he's a a bit of a celebrity because people think that um, because I'm Australia's leading animal communicator that I have a really well-behaved dog. No. He's naughty.
5: No, they get spoiled, don't they?
4: Oh, they get something no good. (laughs)
5: Yeah. Oh, I know. And, you know, in the last one we got just this chihuahua, she was left at McDonald's. Oh,
4: my God. So
5: um, we call her Nugget.
4: Uh, <laughs> but you know, is there about three that you've got at the moment?
5: Uh, no, two now. Two now. Two now.
4: Okay. Yeah.
5: Yeah. 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 And uh, you know that's how it goes. But uh, you can be—I'll take as many as I can take. You know, it just—it comes in waves. And uh, I just—you know—strange what people do do with their pets. Uh,
3: you know.
4: You know what? Al, I've seen some horrific stuff—not physically seen, but communicated with some animals that have had some absolutely horrific stuff. Um, my first girl, Charlotte, she was a rescuer and she had cigarette burns all over her stomach. Oh, that's crazy. She's been owned yeah. by a young guy, tied up, no water, no food, no nothing and he used to apparently stop his cigarettes out on her. But she spent 12 years with me until she passed away and gave her a beautiful home and uh, she was gorgeous. Loved her to bits.
5: You have to wonder what goes through people to want to do that to pets, or to, or maybe uh-huh. they have to. I always wonder what kind of people do that, these these awful things, you know. It's just I
4: think, well, man itself, um, you know, they underestimate the power of the animals and their minds. And, uh, you know, these days, you know, we don't use palm oil because that's, you know, destroying the habitat of the orangutans. And, uh, you know, soap used to have whale oil in it. Well, we don't use that anymore. You know, we just, we we seem to be, um, majority seems to be a planet that is, is caring about the animals and caring about not just the domestic animals, but our wildlife as well. You know, as I said, the orangutans, the habitat, the killing of the whales. I mean, it's just atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, it's atrocious, yeah. you know, our wildlife is suffering and, and we're, taking their, we're taking their habitat away from them and it makes me, and this is one thing that Terry um, has done, um, bless her, and Bob Irwin, I know Bob Irwin very well, um, you know, they've, they've bought up some heritage land so it cannot be destroyed, so the habitat will be living on for forever. Yeah you know, and yeah. sadly mad and it's great, and his greed um doesn't care about the environment and is trashing it and uh you know what's I mean how many thousands of animals are now extinct because of us.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's awful. Yeah. Just awful.
4: It's do, heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking.
5: Do you do you ever get um connections with um uh, other animals, let's say more more wild animals?
4: Uh oh, yeah, um, if the zoos call me or um, people have something different, like if they might have a snake or they might have a, a um, gosh, what else, like a, um, a lizard or, you know, and sometimes people that have been, that are rehabbing the koalas, um, I will connect to the koalas and um Generally, it's a body talk. It's, you know, how are they feeling? Is there any pain? Is there something that, that we can do for them? Because I actually did work for five years with koala rehab. Huh. So I've done a lot. I've done a lot yeah. of work with animals. So, yeah.
5: <laughs> well, that's, I think it's very. It's a very fulfilling thing too, right, For for you.
4: Thank you so much. I mean, the more people I have on my Facebook page, the more people can help me to achieve my goal. Of of helping animals and uh, working with the environment and my name is really getting out there and it's getting out there in a very positive way. Like I said, I do a lot of radio. I'm just about to do my own TV show oh, wow. uh, with another with another psychic and uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, that's that's a big part of of introducing education to people about their dogs.
5: Oh yeah, it's it's just that's what it's all okay. about, you know. You get Absolutely. out there,
4: and and, and
5: you've got a book now. Uh,
4: I do, I do. Um, you can buy it online. Um, it's because it's called Amanda Dewarren: My Journey Behind Blue Eyes, and it's all about my um, incredible story from start to finish. You know, some very bizarre things that happened to me along the way while I was learning to become. Uh, one of Australia's top five mediums and, uh, and animal communications, my time with Steve Irwin, um, and Terry Irwin and, and, uh, some very young, very powerful people that are still with me these days and, uh, people that I've connected to over the years and, uh, how I learned to become who I was, the way my guides taught me, my, my masters taught me, um, I mean, as I said, I'm booked up into December now, you, it's, I'm flat out all the time that's and I don't
5: advertise. Well, that's fantastic, but you know, um, you're helping people obviously, so that's why they're doing it. That's why you're busy. Um, and what was the, Was there a single thing in your life that um, kind of changed for you or a major event that kind of led to what you're doing today?
4: Gosh, there's so many that are in my book. Um, it's hard to really distinguish one from the other, but I think probably the one that stands out the most is my first actual animal communication, um, real animal communication. I knew I've always had this in my life, and uh, that was um, many, many years ago when I was doing a medium reading for a lady and her her um, German shepherd was sitting at the door and all of a sudden I started drifting over to the German shepherd sitting at the door and he goes, I miss my little tan and white friend. He was here for a while, now he's gone. So I said to the lady, Did your dog have a little tan and white friend here for a while? She goes, Yes, we were dog sitting for a couple of months. He's only just gone home and I said, she goes, How did you know that such a dog just told me? <laughs> And then the dog said, Oh, I don't like that chicken stuff she feeds me but I love the kids and can you take me for more walks? And she's like, Oh my gosh She said, I didn't think he liked that chicken roll stuff. I said, No, don't give it to him. I said, He needs more walks She goes, Yes, I know, I'm sorry <laughs> And that was kind of the first animal communication. I like, Well, there's something in this So then I started um communicating with animals and uh yeah, so I was uh, pretty pretty spot on.
5: Well, it's, it's now now a lot of mediums talk about ways they they you know train or develop their spirituality. It's it's, it's sort of similar with with animal communication.
4: It's like anything, um, you know. You you just need to work at it and practice. And and I have a very good rapport with my guides and my ascended masters and my loved ones. And I've. Um, it's almost like I've devised our own language that I can. they can interpret what the animal is saying to me but then I interpret it onto the person that's sitting in front of it or, or on the phone because as I said I, I communicate with people all over the world so I understand what my guides are saying to me interpreted from the animal and vice versa I will not physically say something because I'll be talking to the person um, on the phone and I'll be saying something to the animal and then the animal will answer my question back to me. Like, for instance, um, I, I work with some very, very um, expensive um, Olympic horses and so forth, and uh, one of the ladies rang me not so long ago and, she, and her horse was not jumping properly. And I said, honey, he's got a bad problem with his left eye. And I said, it's, it needs some really intensive um, work on it. I said, he can't see the, when he's coming up to the jumps, it's like there is a, a blockage. He can't see the jumps properly. And she goes, uh, she took him to the vets, The vet said, no, 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 there's nothing there, but we'll t- send him to an equine specialist. There, behind the eye, they found scarring oh. behind the eye. So he was that what he was saying, what the horse was saying was absolutely correct as the vet said, the specialist vet said he would have trouble seeing because it's right in his peripheral vision. It's right in front of him. So it's just a blur. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's um, that was one of the most interesting things. It's actually written in my book.
5: That's great. Now, So what else do you do other than the animals? Now I understand you said you're a psychic medium as well. Um,
4: I communicate with people that have passed over. Um, I'm also able to communicate with children that are unborn, um, giving the parents sort of an identity of what their child will be like. Um, I do life direction, um, body talk, I communicate with people's bodies um, and animals' bodies. So i'm able to go in and do some healing i'm also a qualified um advanced pranic healer i'm certified pranic healer um so i do healings as well I'm a bit of a jack of all trades here i'll,
5: I'll say my my can <laughs> just uh, do it all take the whole family and that's now i also i i, I was doing some reading and i know that you uh, and you had um done a communication with the old Michael Hutchinson from NXS or something?
4: Michael Hutchins, yeah, several times.
5: Wow. So what was that like? Like where did that come from?
4: It's it's quite bizarre because my guides know not to tell me if the person is a celebrity or not. Not that it really matters because the stuff that comes through is is stuff that nobody would know anyway. Um, And uh, I was uh, doing a communication for Michael Hutchins' lawyer who was also his friend um first name steve and um and steve i brought I, I mean i don't know who the people are on the other end of the phone i've got no idea um nor do i know who the person is coming through and he talked to steve about his um love of opera and his love of singing that he was writing an opera nobody else knew this steve did this behind closed doors and, and there was a very brief thing about, you know, what happened when he passed, which I obviously, you know, for, for, for privacy reasons, right. I can't go into.
2: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
4: But he sort of told me how he passed, and then at the end of it, Steve said to me, do you know who who you're talking to? And I said, no idea. Wouldn't make any difference anyway. He said, "You're talking to Michael Hutchins." I went, "Oh, really? Hello, Michael." <laughs> you know, I don't get like, "Oh my gosh," you know. I just, I just go with the flow, and I prefer not to know. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I just prefer not to know who they are because to me, they're souls. They're just, just souls. Okay, they were famous on this planet, but they are still, they are souls.
3: Right, right, and, and want,
4: that's yeah. how I want them to come through. I don't give them any precedence over any other soul that comes through i treat them the same with respect obviously right right. um but i don't make a big deal about it you know throw myself on the floor and go and get on facebook and go oh my gosh i just spoke to michael (laughs) hutchins
3: yeah yeah and and And
4: yeah he's had a couple of communications with me
3: yeah
5: well that's i mean i mean that's that's amazing and 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 you also help solve some mysteries as well so that must be kind of terrifying sometimes
4: um it is when you go to um like I don't know whether you've heard about Daniel Morecambe over here he -hmm. was a young boy that went missing um several years ago and um the police came to me and said can you help find Daniel and uh, they took me to a, I, I, went, I pinpointed this place that I'd never been to before, and I said, it's not his body, it's someone else's, it's two nurses. And I said, I'm looking at the railway track, but it only runs for about two kilometres. I said, it's, it's skinny, narrow, and I said, it's uh, a big, I said, it goes through the side of a hill, and it's got barbed wire. And I said, you come up around that, and I was describing this area, the exact never been there before and he said I know where that is so we went to the track and this was in the middle of a pine forest and I all of a sudden went down to the to the right into the bush and I started to dig and we actually found the skeletal bones of a young nurse that had gone missing several years beforehand
5: Oh, and, and but that, that uh, how does that, I mean, I, I guess, how does that feel um, for you? Like-
4: elation, because I had, um, the bones went down, it's actually in the paper, but thank goodness they didn't say my name. Um, it was elation, um, because I was able to tell them how she passed, because she communicated with me. And then when they sent the fo- bones down to forensics, it turned out it was the bones of this, there was two young women. Um, But I only found one, Um, and she described being kidnapped and put in the back of this white van and taken to this area, and then she showed me. I mean, it was a very, very sad moment, but it gave the family in the UK a lot of closure.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because they
4: were able to identify through DNA who this woman was and at least have her flown back home and able to have her... Properly buried,
5: and and in cases like that, do you end up feeling what they went through? Uh, Is it like in
4: my in my work? You have to see how they passed because they need to tell you how they passed. Um, and I see it all, Al. It's, it comes through to me, and by the end of the day, I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know, by the end of the day, but. I also know that I bring closure and and peace to the families that I've communicated with. And it can happen at any time, any place. You know, um, I do the um, pet expo on the Gold Coast, which is the biggest pet expo in Australia. I'm always a celebrity guest there and I go on stage. And I just finished on stage and I pick people out and I communicate with the animals and so forth. And my PA and I went and had some lunch. And I'm sitting down having my lunch and I, and one of the ladies that does, that was in the dog suit, she came in, took her suit off and I looked at her and I said, your dad's coming through. And I said, something about chocolate covered marshmallows. And she nearly fell off her chair and she goes, oh my gosh, that was my dad's favorite. And I said, and something about a giraffe. She, goes, oh my gosh, and she was falling in a heap. And I said, you were not there when your dad passed, but you have felt so bad about it. But he doesn't want you to feel bad about it. He's bringing through a dog, and I'm just sitting there having my lunch, chewing on my lunch at the same time, having a chat with this dog lady that was in a dog suit, bringing through her father. <laughs> you know, she's, she's like, and she's a personal trainer, and she said to me, "If ever you want to be personal trained, she said, you." come to me she said you've just given me and she sent me this beautiful email thank you so much for giving me so much peace and closure you yeah. know and it's all about the peace and the closure and just letting people be able to get on with their lives not carrying that burden around Al because we all know you know when our when our loved ones pass we kind of torture ourselves in a way
3: right yes you
4: know yeah. has your dad passed
3: yeah sorry
4: has your dad passed?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, because he keeps coming through. Oh. <laughs> now, I feel it was a quick passing with him, was not it? Fairly quick? He said he went downhill quite quickly.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was... Um, he
4: must have had a lot of ailments. Um, um,
5: a fair bit, yeah.
4: He's, he showed me... Was this chest area with him?
5: Um, well, he had, um, cancer, um...
4: And it started down below, didn't it? Like the bowel or the bladder or something, was
5: Pancreas and liver Pancreas, and and he's
4: saying it's moved up. He was a nice man, though, your dad, wasn't he?
5: Um, depends on who you talk to. (laughs) Um, I I think, you know, when he was um, sober, he was fairly nice.
4: He, He seems like a very gentle person coming through, and I felt like he's, um... Uh, I know that he's been gone for quite a long time. but I just I could sense he was around, and he's sort of been around from the beginning, um, and uh, and he's being very very um, uh, courteous towards me because I said I'm I'm busy at the moment. Can you just hold back for a minute? Uh, which he did, um, but I felt him agitated, you know, wanting to come through.
5: <laughs> well, <laughs> you know how
3: it
4: is. <laughs> And that Well, I've even done a reading on a plane when I was heading to uh, Melbourne. Uh, this lady sat beside me and her husband kept singing um, when the saints come marching in and he just kept doing it over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, all right. And I looked at this lady and I said, I'm sorry, honey. I said, but I've got a man coming through for you. He tells me he's your husband and he's singing when the saints come marching in. She, and she lost it. Oh. She said... My husband's favorite football team are the Saints, and she said he promised me on his deathbed that if he could get a message through to me, he was going to sing when the Saints come marching in. <laughs> and she's and we had a little bit of a chat thirty thousand feet up.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> any time, any place, anywhere, it just goes like you know, it just goes did, goes with the flow.
5: But did, does that ever become a problem? I mean, in the sense that do you ever get a break?
4: Yes and no. Um, you know, I do. Obviously, I do this for a living, and I've been doing it for a long time. But it's not about me. It's never about me. If I feel that this person in front of me or, or beside me or on the phone needs to have closure, or just just even if it's just a brief message, like the lady in the dog suit and the lady sitting beside me in in on the plane, you know, um, it's I never. I don't like to turn around and say, "Oh, get lost." I'm not talking at the moment. I think that it's been given to me to bring people closure. It's not about the money. It's not about me being famous or anything like that. Everyone that knows me will tell you I'm a really down-to-earth person. Right. So- um, but I treat this work very seriously, and I'd like to give as many people as many people as I can closure. Whether it be their jobs or whether it be their, their loved ones or or something like that. Do you, do you feel
5: like the um, I I mean I guess that the overall energy of 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 uh, mediumship is kind of more on the upswing, more positive and more popular nowadays.
4: Oh, absolutely. Uh, do
5: do do you feel like it's a, it's a good thing, right? Um,
4: it's a fantastic thing because you know when i started 15 20 years ago i just had to barrel through negativity and you know and abuse and stuff like that now i am um known as one of the pioneers of this industry over here because i didn't back down and i stood my ground and time and i mean i've been in thousands of newspapers radio television you know Magazines, all of that, and I have put my neck out on the line to prove to people that there is life after death. Whether it be your animals, your 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 loved ones, you know, um, and and I do this all the time. It's probably not a day goes by that I don't use my gift right.
5: um,
4: for for to bring closure to somebody. Is
5: there any influences you have that are in the business itself?
4: Each other. I am very, a lot of my colleagues that are also very well known, we support each other. And I think that's very crucial in this industry. I never allow bad mouthing from each other. I have some very powerful medium friends who I absolutely adore there is no competition between us i encourage friendship love and support and i have some amazing psychic friends that we all support each other and we all love each other and that's incredibly important alan yeah you know we just we need each other there's plenty of work for everybody oh yeah you know there's no need for bitching and fighting and arguing I, I i just don't um, I don't allow that in this industry. You know, I'm pretty highly respected in in this industry over here, and I just I, I encourage peace and support and just being there for each other.
3: Yeah, yeah. Some intent- like how, yeah.
4: I was at a, a expo the other day, and I had so many people wanting to come and see me. So I I sent them to a couple of my other medium friends. I said, Oh, look. Christine Rose, she's fantastic, you know. Paniotta, she's amazing. Go and see these ladies. You know, if I've got too much work on, I will farm it out to my other colleagues.
5: Yeah. Well, that's that's you know that's the way you got to be. You know, it's.
3: It,
5: it, is there anything that influences you outside of the work? Like, um, is there particular things you like to read or watch or listen to?
4: Um. I'm a bit of a gym junkie. (laughs) (laughs) I love my gym five days a week. I have, a, as I said, a big dog and I live seven minutes from the beach. Um, I run along the beach quite regularly. Um, I love to garden. I love my family, my children and my friends. And as I said to you before, I lost my husband uh, two years ago in a truck accident, which I knew was going to happen. Because uh, three days before he died, um, I had a vision of me looking over him in a coffin. And it was exactly how it was when I went and said my goodbyes to him. Um, and I did say to him, please be careful, because he said to me, I feel like something bad's going to happen. I said, yeah, I know. Will you please just stop and rest for a little while? Please. And he didn't, and he fell asleep at the wheel, and our road train toppled down 100-meter embankment. Wow. And he was killed instantly.
5: So there's really no stopping to something like that, is there?
4: If it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. I mean, he's still around me. My medium friends bring him through a lot, and he gives me signs. and You know, signs are so important. Um, because uh, not long after it happened, he used to sing the song Oh, oh Mandy by Barry, Man- Barry Manilow. Right. Mm-hmm. And I walked into a girlfriend's place one day, and she had some, like, random music happening. As soon as we both walked inside, that song played, and we looked at each other, and I just lost it. She goes, that's Mick, that's Mick. <laughs> and he, every time I go to an event, he always plays um, Songbird by Eva Cassidy. Every event I do. Don't hear it any other time, I only hear it when I'm doing events. <laughs> so then I tend to lose it a bit, have to compose myself and get up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
5: So where do you think that we we go when we pass? Is there is there something that's um I, I guess I always touch off a little bit on religion in the sense that has it affected your views on religion, or how do you, how do you react with... Um I
4: still believe that there is a God, despite what the Bible says about mediums. Um, I do believe that there is a, uh, a supreme being, and we go back over there to join them. Um, uh, when I, I kind of got a glimpse of this some um, uh, last year at the Pet Expo, um, you know, going to the pet expo, I thought, oh, you know, doing all the kitties and doggies. No, that wasn't meant. That wasn't going to happen. That's something big in store for me, which is also written in my book. Um, I was sitting there, two ladies in front of me, and I said to them, "There's a lady coming through," and I felt like it was an explosion. And I said, "But this was a, this was a plane explosion," and I just went, "Oh my gosh." This was the MH17 that was uh, bombed, and I then I saw all of these people passing, um, all the people from the MH17, and I, my description of it, my description of her, the necklace, the what's been happening afterwards. I didn't know this woman for a bar of but when I saw the plane explode. And when I saw this lady who's since had a lot of family members um, have readings with me and I saw all of the MH17 people passing over, Helena included, I saw this like this big open, like their bodies were, were shattered, but their spirits, it's like I saw all these faces through this big like golden, it had a big ring around it and then it just had this like peaceful kind of mist and I saw all these people kind of walking through and meeting these people and then I saw them going through to this very um this gentle plane it was like it was colors and um and, and you know all the people from the MH17 being taken peacefully it's like they knew it was going to happen and they were waiting for them and that's Probably the closest glimpse of heaven that I had. I felt this nothing on earth like it, this enormous amount of peace, and it's almost indescribable. It was like they wanted me to see a glimpse of it, of what the NH17 people were going to. Wow.
5: And so, so do you think we actually kind of choose when we're going to die, maybe?
4: I think that um, everything is pre-planned. Like a friend of mine's uncle, um, he has just gotten very, very sick. And she rang me and she said, when do you think he's going to pass? And I said, early Thursday morning. I said, that's when I see him crossing over. He passed at 1.30 a.m. Thursday morning. And I just knew that that was the end of his timeline. I kind of see a timeline for people. So it must be... um, it must be pre-planned because, and some. But sometimes we can change it. If it's meant to be changed, it will. Um, so I think that our life here on this planet, um, we do what we need to do. It's, it's We're here for a purpose. It's, it, whether it's, you know, big or small, we are meant to be here for a purpose. And um, you know, I, I feel that once that purpose is finished and we've done what we've needed to do then it's our time to go back home. I said to my mother one day, I said my mother's passed, and I said to my mother one day, tell me about heaven. What is it like? She said, it's an indescribable, peaceful feeling. She said, we all are separate. We all know who each other is. But we all have this connection with each other. We're all interconnected. So you know, that's, that's how I would describe it because when I was learning this, in my book it will tell you about the, um, the universal university and the different places that I was taken to, the different departments that I was taken to by my uh, ascended master, my main ascended master Ashkaya. So I feel that the, um, when I was doing my universal university studies, which was um, every three, for three days I'd get taken out of my body and I would go to university. And then I would, um, and then I'd come back into my body and I'd have a normal, you know, everyday life. But then after that, I'd, I'd go for a few months and then I'd go to the universal university and I was, was taught. So the afterlife plane must have, because this, this university is massive, it's, it's huge and it, it houses all animals, even dodo birds, you know, extinct animals, all, all kinds of animals. Um, So there must be a place over there. And I felt that was where I I went to. I was taken over there to be taught to do what I need to do.
5: And so what happens, I have to ask, what happens to people if they're real evil? Someone like Hitler.
4: It's funny you should say that um, because we had a discussion on this the other day and people like Osama bin Laden and Hitler and all of those really, really nasty people, I think that they still go over there. Uh, and I'm wondering whether it was in their contract to do what they need to do. As, as terrorizing as it is, and as heartbreaking as it is, was this in their contract? Uh, can Honestly, how can you send someone so evil to come back and take those thousands and thousands and thousands of innocent lives. I mean, this will affect the whole planet for the rest of its it's, its eternity. You know, it's changed the course of history for so many people. Mm-hmm. Because there's six thousand plus. I'm yeah. not on this planet anymore from from nine one one. Yeah, yeah. And I I have to wonder how can you let someone into like. Bin Laden into back into mainstream. When there's about six thousand plus people over there that he took their lives, he took them away from their loved ones, from their families, from their children. How well would he be received? I I think that if I was one of those people from nine one one, I'd probably want to kill him all over again.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: You know, he did those people, Hitler, and people like that. They atrocities on the human race yeah you know the body dies but the mind stays alive so what kind of mind is that that it could possibly be allowed to go back over and join the beautiful souls that are over there because they're not beautiful souls they're evil they're wicked I I get the feeling they get sent somewhere else people that are that bad get sent somewhere else
3: yeah yeah
4: because I wouldn't want to be associated with something like that. No, you?
5: no, 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 no. And and so, do you feel like the the whole world's in a maybe um, rough spot right now?
4: Oh, uh, absolutely. On so many levels, Al. The violence, the abuse, the you know, um, it's it's started over here now. Um, young people invading old people's homes and knocking them to the ground, you know, for $25, you know, and, and that worries me so much. Yeah. Um, because, you know, my, my brother's unwell at the moment and uh, he lives on his own and, and I worry about him, you know, constantly being in Brisbane, he's two hours away from me. But, you know, we worry about our family. And the atrocities that are happening, there's this, the rape and the pillage of, of this planet, you know, the, the Amazon basin, you know, the, the jungles, the, the habitats, it's, it's just being destroyed. And the pollution, don't get me started there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The ozone, the pollution of our waters, it's, it's um, industry. It's just, I, I wonder how long this planet can actually sustain. You know, because it's making people so sick. So many people are dying of cancer because even our rainwater is tainted because it's evaporating. You know, industrial tainted water, and then it it rains on somewhere, and it's it's polluted. It's still it's fresh rainwater, but it's polluted. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the sad thing.
5: Yeah, yeah. Another shooting in the in the U.S. today as well.
4: Oh my gosh! Oh
5: dear! What happened? Oh, a school shooting. Um, <gasps> Kid went into the college, um, 13 dead, another 21 injured, so he shot a lot of people. And oh, they, they, they killed him in the parking lot. But he was 26 years old. and oh, good. And the, the, he went in and he asked, in the class, it was a uh, chemistry, some sort of chemistry, you know, science class. Yeah. And he asked everybody that was Christian to stand up and he shot them yeah it was just oh. just devastating because um, it, it's just in a small town too in uh, the west coast south of Portland which is the major city um, but it's, it's a good hour south of it it's just a little town so really weird um, oh
4: my goodness
5: yeah things like that you How have to wonder tragic,
4: my, oh my gosh my heart goes out to those people
5: yeah, it's devastating.
4: The families, uh, you know. You have to wonder, about uh, Trauma how that... passings, there's two different types of pra- passings. There's trauma and prolonged. Prolonged, someone that's been very sick for a long time and is ready to go over. Trauma is a young person that has their whole life ahead of them. And sometimes they get a little confused. But I've noticed in things like that, especially because I've communicated with a few people that have passed in 9 and they said when when the people, when the souls were floating up towards, and they described the circle, the, the hole in it, the, like the, the um, sky that they went through. And, uh, you know, they, none of these people were expecting it. And and some of them struggled to, it's like, no, no, I can't possibly be dead. Um, you know, this just kind of happened.
5: So do you think some of the souls get stuck and maybe that's what's kind of, you know, haunting and
4: occasionally they do, um, especially the the trauma passing. Very rarely is it the prolonged passing because they've had enough and they've been ready to yeah. go for a long time. Um, you know, and uh, but the trauma passing, you know, the young people all of a sudden that get taken over there, um, you know, it's such a shock for them because as they're standing there, I remember I did a communication with one young man that was, um, uh, he was killed in an accident. He was only 18, and he was the passenger. And he stood there for probably a good three days, even after the, they'd taken the car away. He stood there, and they he saw them take his body, cover it up and take his body, but he still refused to leave. So I call them all earthwalkers, and, and we just moved them from the light, you know, something... They're encouraged by the loved ones that are there to meet them, to come over, but sometimes it does take them maybe up to two or three days, maybe even longer, you know, to, to make that transition to go over to the afterlife, yeah. because they're, uh, they're afraid, or they just, you know, they just haven't accepted the, part, the, the fact that they've passed over.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Shock, you know
4: shock we have shock they have shock it's like what the heck just happened I'm I'm standing over my he said next thing I was standing over my body he said and my grandpa was behind me and beckoning me and he, and he said I just couldn't go you know and he said and I saw people come and put you know put to my friends I saw them put wreaths, wreaths on you know flowers where I passed away yeah. so yeah um there's yeah. a lot of things that I, I want to teach people about, well, my ideas and my theories. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm correct, but I've done a lot of reading, so I, I know there has to be something afterwards. I mean, as I said, I have no prior information. or my office give me as a first name, so I can know who I'm talking to, yet I'll bring through really profound stuff. That nobody else knows. There was a lady in Scotland the other day, and I said to her, Your husband, I told her how he passed away and everything, the circumstances of what happened and how long he's passed, which I learned in the Universal University. Um, and uh, I said, What's this about under the pillow And I feel like you're tapping things. I said, It's annoying him. And she started to laugh and she said, I just bought an iPad and I'd put it under my pillow, and I'd tap at it at night. She said, nobody knows that, but <laughs> her husband did because he said I said you're tapping something, you're pouring something out from under your pillow at night, and you're tapping on it, and uh, yeah, it turned out to be an iPad,
3: <laughs>
4: so funny, but I mean you know people shouldn't never should never really be afraid of death um I'm not saying, you know, obviously not saying it's a great thing. Yeah. But when it is your time, as far as I can see, the thousands and thousands and thousands of readings I've done, nobody has ever said it's a horrible experience. They've all basically said the same thing uh, a shifting of their energy, meeting a loved one or loved ones and pets and. Uh, going through the, the, I'd say it would be the portal. The, the, it's like a in the sky, it's uh, all these colors and faces that come through. It's like a rim of a very bright light. And then it's, it's almost like an oval shape. And then they drift up through it with their loved ones and then they're out of sight. That's it, they go. So there has to be something in it.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been amazing talking with you. I mean, the hours gone by.
4: You are very, very welcome, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it.
5: Well, yeah, you know, it's fantastic. Now, now, um, give your contact information for anybody over here that wants to get your book or get in contact with you. How would they do that?
4: Uh, www Amanda D Warren. It's A M A N D A D E w-a-r-r-e-n that gives you all the details of where to go for my book or have a reading with me um we hope to be over in the u.s sometime next year so that would be great
5: yeah it'd be exciting fantastic
4: maybe live on your on your show Watch.
5: <laughs> we'll do it <laughs>
4: <laughs> thank you so much al for having me and thank you america for listening to me in canada um I wish you all well over there, and um, take care of yourselves.
5: Well, thank you very much.
4: You are very welcome.
1: The mission has been completed. The end. By George, he's got it. It is the end. How do you.
4: This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network.
3: If you're lying to me. I'll be back.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.